With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Dillon. Hello. And on the phone... Dave Watson? Hi, guys. Can I speak to Dave Watson, please? Is that Dave Watson? Hello, Dave Watson, sir. Hi. Um, how are you, Dave? Really good, man. The house is bought and we're moving in in a few weeks. Everything's go. Nice. Is there enough room for a, a yacht in the backyard? Um, a launch. Maybe not a yacht. Because that is where your career, your, your life is headed, it seems. Golf clubs first, then a then a boat. I think. Yeah, all in, everything yeah. everything in time. Now, <laughs> um, oh, so sorry. I'm, this is a two <laughs> this is a two pint pod because yeah. it's starting later. Yeah, but because I've now got a child, and it's now twenty far past nine p.m. Twenty far past exactly. This is essentially a three and a half pint pod. Yeah, even though it's only a two-point pod, I am marshal it. Come on, yeah, it's difficult. Do I need to marshal it? You've got this, man. You've got this. Can I do this? I don't feel I can do this anymore, guys. Dave, we need to rally around him. Jesus, come on! No, I just don't. Podcasting's a young man's game. (laughs) (laughs) I've lost it. This is it. The (laughs) on-air. No, I just. No, no, no. That's it. I'm giving up. This is my, this is my last natter, guys. I'm handing over the reins. I just can't do it anymore. It is a late one. It's this is this is after dark natter nights. This is it's going to get fruity. It's going to be nudity. There could be scenes of graphic nature in tonight's <laughs> pod. Where because it's being recorded post watershed, we are allowed to show nipples. Yeah. <laughs> On tonight's pod, which is exciting. So, oh, I should, like, again, I should do the thing, shouldn't I? My responsibility as a host of the pod. I should um, 
How do we get to it? Paul, help me get to it. Oh, my God. This is gone, Dave. Gone. Fuck me. What is wrong with you? Well, I just want to read out the Labrooks thing, but I was oh, trying I to see. think of a joke to do it. But... <laughs> the thing. See, when you said the thing, I should have realised that's what you meant. Yeah. So, uh, Labrooks. We're back by Labrooks. <laughs> We're back by Labrooks. And uh, we've oh, got um, we've got some offers. Well, yeah. Labrooks have. Dave, I feel like I should point out because you can't see Fergus and I can. He doesn't have like a head wound or blood coming out of his ear. <laughs> you would think from listening to him, he does. Has um, he got like the tie like loosened and his shirt slowly being unbuttoned? What I'm saying is. <laughs> If you want to know about the offers, that the great offers that Labrooks has for you, then go to the website, uh, which, and if you want the address for that, refer to previous podcasts. Is it not bet.newcastlepodcast.com? Thanks, Dave. That's why Dave's on the phone. So, what was the score this weekend? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, did you? We all got to watch the game, right? Yeah, yeah. We convened in our WhatsApp group. We found the working link, and we mm-hmm. all had a good afternoon watching Newcastle win again. Three wins in a row. Something's yeah. something's definitely wrong somewhere. Dave, what are your thoughts? Um, terrific. I thought the um the. One thing that we've noticed in the last couple of games certainly is how quick we're starting out the blocks. Um, we're really pushing hard, pressing, um, like getting in amongst them. And you saw within the first couple of minutes, we got a corner and Perez uh, had an opportunity at the near post, which Casper um, Schmeichel did well to save. But the um, the game took the same kind of pattern as the, the previous games against Huddersfield and against Southampton, where a lot of early pressure... And um, we, like Shelby and Diame bossing the midfield again, not coming under as much pressure as you'd think they would. And you saw that um, our, our forwards were getting some opportunities. I don't think they got as many in this game as they did in previous ones, but just another all-round good performance. And it just speaks of Rafa Benitez's, um, you know, quote-unquote game management. I mean, we didn't let them have a shot until the uh, shot on target until the 80th minute. Their XG was a lot higher than ours, Dave. Yeah, I saw that on Match of the Day and thought, how how does that come about? We had like 0.2 something, but still scored two. Well, if you think about our goals, neither of them were... I guess that implies that each of our goals was like a a 1 in 10 chance of actually scoring. Is that yeah. how it works? Yeah, I mean, this if, is the problem with you think XG, about, I think. I mean, you think about Shelby's okay. opener, he's got... Um, so the ball comes uh, ball comes to him on the edge of the box, much the same as the goal he scored against Southampton. But in front of him, he's got three defenders and a keeper. He's outside the box. It's on not on his, like, so he receives it. He's having to come back onto his left-hand side. I mean, I know he scores with his right, but it's through, like, a crowd of players. So all of that will chip away at the expected goal rating. And because he's not been scoring, that will also add to it as well. And then the second I'm just really scored. worried because I'm just really worried because we're going up the table, but where are we in the XG table? Because that's what <laughs> really matters to me. Well, there's a site called Understat, which of um, there is. 
<laughs> they um they 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 can show you where you know where the if if you put away every good chance you took and if you conceded every good chance that you um gave up where you'd be in the title how many points you'd have how what's your expected points um and we're to be honest we're about mid table um we don't we don't it's not like um Burnley Burnley have given up a load of really good chances to opposition who've just been profligate and they haven't put it away. And Burnley have been scoring with, you know, without great chances. And that's what we saw against, um, we saw against Leicester on the weekend. We, you know, the two chances we had, both outside the box, and certainly Perez. I mean, he was what 25, 35 yards out. The ball was in the air. He wasn't in control of it. Keep like both. He's got like two defenders close to him, and the keeper's coming out. So it wasn't a. It wasn't like a cast-iron goal-scoring opportunity, really, so that's why XG was so low. This is not an original observation, but everyone was pointing it out this weekend. It's the second time... we, we have Nikos United have now lobbed two generations of the Schmeichel yeah. family. <laughs> <laughs> we want a third. Yeah, let's keep this going. Let's keep this... It doesn't matter where we end up as a club. As long as our XG is good... <laughs> <laughs> and we're loving Schmeichels. And it could be, I don't mind if it's Peter Schmeichels' dad. It doesn't have to be Casper Schmeichels' son. Yeah, you don't You don't have to go in one direction. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what uh, Peter Schmeichels' dad's name is? I want to say Michael, but surely it's it not. It is indeed Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Very good. Very good. Is that true? Or am I just that is true. That's not, a, that's not a gag. That is God. true fact. That just sounds so dismissive. Yeah, Michael Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Michael Schmeichel. What did you think of the game as a whole, Paul? I thought that was possibly the best I've seen us play in ages. We've been so it wasn't like other away games of late where we've just sat off and waited for the odd chance and just soaked up what we can. We've had so many games this season where it's been it's been the case of get to nil-nil with 10 minutes to go and see what we can do. Like Huddersfield the week before. This We just controlled the game. and mm. We looked dangerous on the counter, but we we weren't just sitting back. And we, I think, our team sorry, as well was... is one of the youngest teams, but we looked like a team of grown men in a way that we haven't yeah. before. There was that one period in the second half where there were, I think it was like five crunching tackles in a row and you just I've not seen that from this team before that was amazing I retweeted it on the Newcastle Natter account it was ah. an incredible period of play where we were just I mean it was none shall pass yeah that was the moment mm. where I was like oh, I love this team now <laughs> this group of players yeah. in I a way I that I we've had for a long time there was one crunching tackle or was it a crunching tackle that Paul Dummett made. Should that have been a penalty? Do does anyone remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Dave, oh, yeah, yeah. Dave, you go first. Dave, you're our chief football correspondent. <laughs> I, <laughs> We're just here for the bants with a Z. <laughs> it's it's the kind of uh, challenge in the box that if it's given you know, you're livid because it was a soft one. And if it's not given for, like, in your favour, you're livid because it's, you know, there was contact in the box. 
didn't get the ball. So, yeah, it's a soft penalty, but... I agree. Could have, could have gone either way. Yeah, exactly. And the same you can say for the the Maguire uh, shove into um, Dwight Gale's face. Uh, we saw on the weekend against uh, between Southampton and Arsenal that two players were sent, um, given red cards for effectively shoving each other in the face. Um, so Maguire could have walked. And if Maguire had gone, you know, when he when he committed the foul, they, that could have changed the game. And similarly, if if Mares had been um, had been given the penalty, then you know it could have changed the game. But so let's talk I about think... the let's talk about the Maguire incident. It was um, there was a little bit of a scuffle between him and, him and Dwight Gale, and uh, Maguire pushed him off. And I think Maguire was just trying to push a player off him instinctively, and didn't allow for Dwight Gale's height, and realised mm. that he was pushing someone in the face. So. Uh, on match of the day, Frank Lampard was talking about, oh, the letter of the law. If you raise your hands, you're off. I'm pretty sure that isn't the letter of the law. That is just, <laughs> it's become a thing that everyone accepts is true. But I don't think there's anywhere in the laws that says raising your hands, you're off. It's like... I'm sure a push in the face is red card. Yeah. It's, I think it's, if, it's, if, um, if you, um, it's culturally... A red card, if you see what I mean. <laughs> Not really. It's if you move your hands, like if you you know push or strike forcefully um, at another player. Are you allowed to stroke to... another player's face? Is that far? is it just how is it about impact? Yeah, it's because it's if if I were to like if you were to push somebody in the stomach, push them away like that, it could be technically a red card. But when it becomes the face, it becomes more likely that um, dangerous play comes into into consideration. Kevin Keegan because... used to pat every fellow manager <laughs> in the face. But, you know, because if, if if I shove you in the chest, you might stumble back and you might injure yourself that way. But it's not try it, Dave. To do try damage. it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I shove you in, the, if I push you in the face. My fingers can go in your eyes. I can, you know. Oh, he's big with the threats up, now. Man. He's not in the studio. Where was all this? And we were all. This is getting really good. My fingers can go in your eyes. This <laughs> is what I go to sleep to. I think it. I at first I thought the penalty was a definite penalty. Then on the replays, thought actually I'm not sure Dummett touched him. And then on match of the day later, thought actually there possibly was a bit of contact. It look, we'd be complaining if that hadn't gone our yes. way. And but I'll... also, I think it is a red card. But it was nice to see, because we've had so many games with Gale up front on his own, especially earlier in the season where we said, he's just not suited to the Premier League, doesn't put himself about, the ball just goes up and comes back. And it's nice to see, this is the first weekend where Dwight Gale's looked sort of like Craig Bellamy, just like a nuisance that's going to actually occupy defenders. He's not just someone who gets into good spaces now. He's just, he's annoying. I like having that on our team. Just going back briefly to the Harry Maguire incident, it's obvious that in the last few games, the team spirit has been raised Mm. markedly. Yeah. And uh, that's really great to see. Obviously, with wins comes spirit. And with, I think there were even stages at the beginning of the season where we quite like this 
group of individuals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just what they've done with their time on the football pitch that has irritated us at times. But perhaps along with team spirit came a sort of knobbishness that was nice to see in it in a way. In the way that they tried to get Harry Maguire sent off. That's yeah. what I'm going to. Well, we've oh, not yeah. had that for a long time. We get so I don't like to see it though. Off. I think it's horrible. It was like a pack of footballers trying to get someone sent off for something that was like really I mean it wasn't like anyone was going to get hurt by it. It's one thing to defend your player because there's been a leg-breaking tackle. Dwight Gale could have died. Dwight Gale could have died. He could have died. And I'm back to leaning on the table. (laughs) I (laughs) apologise. It just sounds like people are firing arrows (laughs) every time you do it. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it's only those who are listening on uh, really good headphones who've heard it. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I know what you mean. Nobody... Actually, no. I was going to say it's one of those things nobody likes to see it. I like to see it in yeah. our players, yeah. yeah. I, I really like to see Jamal LaSalle sprinting the length of the pitch to protect a little player being picked on by a giant. Do you remember that's that? That's what a captain be, I wouldn't be do. surprised, you know, if um, Harry Maguire was a player that we identified that we could rile up. Because Dwight Gay, I... I've seen Dwight he looks like he lives in a cage. He looks like a, out of there. He looks like a farmer's hand. <laughs> <laughs> He's accidentally he killed some animals in his time. <laughs> if he was, if he was alive during the uh, the era of slavery, then he would he would have been a very valuable. He was large. He, 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 True. Yeah. He's got a lot of horsepower. Big hands, I bet. <laughs> Um, I wanted to mention, like, we briefly touched about Lascelles. I wanted to mention that um, he didn't make a tackle or an interception. In fact, he hasn't made a tackle since the turn of half-time versus Southampton. Really? And that's that, that, to me, says that he doesn't need to. He's organising the defence properly. and He's you're saying he's lazy and he just sits about. Yeah, he's just a, he's a lazy... <laughs> I think I read where you're going with this, Dave. He's saying he's a terrible footballer. I get you. I mean, compare that to Lejeune. Lejeune's put in like uh, seven tackles and five interceptions in the same time, period of time. Describe He's... everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think him and Lejeune are looking like an amazing partnership at the minute. Like they, each they're, the, one... they're the Torval and Dean. <laughs> but each of them has blind spots in their game, clearly, and they don't try and do what the other one's better at. I mean, Lascelles occasionally tries to play like good passes and they generally go awry and you can tell for the rest of the game he's like okay I'll just stick to stick to heading it and dominating players mm. but I do think they're it's the best centre back pairing we've had for quite a while yeah Why I also it? wanted to go on, um, go on Dave mention dead quick it was three years ago to this day that we lost 3-1 to Southampton uh, that was the one where the cells uh after after the um, after the game finished, said uh, no matter how good you are, if you don't have the, that fight and hunger and desire, it doesn't matter. Um, fair to say, he'll be pretty pleased with what he's seen from his teammates now. Oh, like just yeah. three short years, and we've gone from being just a bunch of sacks of shit to 
this team that we're now praising for their commitment, praising for their attitude. And I mean, it's only about a month since we were calling them sacks of shit. But, but I think, I think that was in terms of quality rather than effort. Yeah, that is true. They very rarely play below the level they are as footballers. And they mm. more than often play far above the level they're at. Look, look at Paul Dummett. He is not yeah. a particularly great footballer, but he's looking like one of the best left backs in the league at the moment. Is he going to? He's got to be on the plane. He's got to go to the World Cup. <laughs> that was a joke. I know he's Welsh. I mean, he's not really Welsh, is he? Yeah, but he's like football Welsh. Tell that to Scottish Matt Ritchie. I'd say, yeah, yeah, Scottish Matt Ritchie. <laughs> Matt Ritchie. There's nothing I like more than a bit of haggis. <laughs> and, a, and a single moat. Freedom! Watching Braveheart. <laughs> Fuck off, you English. <laughs> oh, like that. I've told That's you. like the uh, yeah. when we went to Spurs away. <laughs> I know that we've told this story on the pub, but it happened before, but we might as well tell it. Me yeah. and, me and uh, Paul went to watch Newcastle at White Hart Lane. <laughs> we, were, we were next to a Newcastle fan, straight from work. Work shirt off. <laughs> yeah, he's topless with his girlfriend. As he's well. topless with his girlfriend, taking off his like suit jacket and white shirt. Going, we ate you fucking cockneys. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we are the Jodies. <laughs> Singing at the Spurs fans. Right, there's Ooh. nothing I hate more than Newcastle fans without the proper Jodie accent. <laughs> exactly. And on that note. <laughs> Thank God you're here, Dave. <laughs> We're going to have a break. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. Good break. Good, actually. I feel yeah. like we needed it. It's yeah. Like the winter break. It's good to go on a break. I think we're going to have a great second half to the party. We were on a break. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm downgrading my expectations now. <laughs> After that. Jesus, Paul, will you rein him in? I can't, he's gone rogue. <laughs> Welcome to the second half of the show. He's bollock naked and he's chewing on like a bone with meat on it. <laughs> is it wrong to do peyote before a pod? <laughs> if it is, you don't want to be right. David, it's the second half of the pod. You've got some stuff to talk about, right? Yeah, I wanted to mention like um, our form since Christmas. Um, we've only lost to Liverpool and Man City. We've taken uh, 20 points from 39. And by contrast, Stoke and Southampton, who were above us at the time at Christmas, um, they've got like eight and nine points. Um, it's only really Bournemouth from the teams who were below us who've done better than us. Um, only Man U and Spurs have conceded fewer goals in that spell and we're only three points behind Everton and we've got a significantly better goal difference than they do I'm saying we might be 10th now but that needn't be the limit of our ambition this season How far ahead of Burnley? Because they seem kind of uncatchable or is it Arsenal I'm thinking of? Basically Everton Um, do seem catchable but yeah I saw a, a table I think you might have retweeted it of the Premier League since Christmas, and we're fifth in the league. Yeah, it's only it's only really uh, Man City, Spurs, Man U, and I think 
uh, Chelsea who are above us. We um, are so in the actual real life table, we're three mm-hmm. points behind Everton. Yeah, with a game in hand as well. I mean, I keep on hearing about how shit Everton are, but they are ninth, aren't they? But yeah, we're three points behind them with a game in hand and better goal difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be, to be fair, yeah. we are we are eleven points behind Burnley, who are in seventh. Um, we're not going to be in the Europa League. And no, we, we don't. No. Do we don't want to be? Do we? I'd like to be. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fun. Just have more games going on, but I think it's, it's never really a good thing, is it? Yeah. I mean, let's let's be clear. We're not going to be in the Europa League next season. We're not. We, I don't think we will be. I'm just saying that just because we're tenth now doesn't mean that forty points, which is only two points away, it doesn't have to be the the, the end of, like the the limit of our ambition. We could we could push for as many points as possible. And with a manager like Rafa Benitez and the players that we've got, I don't think we're going to like take the foot off the gas and, and do that thing that you hate being referred to as putting the sandals on or the flip-flops or whatever. I, I, I just can't see this team doing that because there's a there's a sense of, fuck you, we're going to show you where we can, you know, we're better than you've dismissed us. You said we're just a championship side. Well, we're a top-off Premier League side. At the beginning of the season, I was saying I'd be happy with anywhere between 14th and 16th, I think. I think anywhere were... across that space between fourteenth <laughs> and sixteenth, you would. Yeah, okay. Wasn't I? I'm pretty sure I was saying. No, that was, that was just funny the way you phrased it. Like I would, I would go all <laughs> the way fourteenth to sixteenth. <laughs> but you know what I mean. We we started with this, um, you know, reasonable lack of ambition because we all thought, well, we haven't signed anybody. Explosive. We haven't signed it. We haven't spent a lot of money. There's, I mean, Christ, that's before we've seen spend, Kennedy only, play. Well, Burnley and Brighton who spent less than us, and no, Burnley and was it Burnley and Bournemouth? It was Burnley and Bournemouth. Sorry, and coincidentally, we three are the the teams you'd say are overachieving this season, and we're the sure. ones who spent the least. Well, we've got six games left, and in that time, mm. we've got Arsenal, Spurs, and Chelsea. Yeah. All of whom on their day are beatable, but, you know, who knows where it'll end. But it's nice to have 38 points now and go into those games without the fear. We've had so many games, midpoint of the season especially, that have just been such nervy home games, and now it's now we can just enjoy the game. Like I've Fancy, dress. Fancy dress from Well, before on. the Leicester game... I just didn't have that ball of stress in my stomach about the game. It yeah. just felt... And you could sort of feel it from our fans and players as well, I think. There was just a sense of, we're just going to go out and actually play football. And football we did play. We did. Should we go to Twitter? Yeah. Are we ready for Twitter? Sure. Dave, you put out a question. You asked some, You put out a few questions. I'm just reading the replies. There's, uh, you said, where can we finish? Have you calmed down yet? That sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Sugar Wookie replied, he said, would love to finish ahead of Everton and that bitter toad in charge. Of course, he's referring to Sam Allardyce, but really, stoked to be where we are. Survival is still the priority, 
by any means. And maybe we're being complacent, but I don't think we are. I think we all agree that we are going to survive now. Yeah. We're certainly out of intensive care. I think we could lose every game and still stay up. He also says, Perez, what a legendary finish. Perez, it's a weird one because we've quite often said it's not really clear what he does. I think because of the position he's in and he does lose the ball more than would be ideal, you sort of think maybe he's not that decent. He had a goal and an assist. And did you see the? there's an amazing three ball he played, he played for Gale that was ruled offside and Gale cocked it up anyway but you still think he is getting gradually week by week better in that number 10 position and not changing the way he plays too much but he's just learning where the gaps are he's gone sort of in terms of people's expectations of him he's gone all over the place Perez really because there was a time when supposedly he was being tapped by Real Madrid and yeah, he's linked with Spurs a lot. I think as well, people give him a hard time for not being great. You have to remember, the season we got relegated, he's one of the players that could have easily gone to another Premier League team. He chose to stay at Newcastle. And he mm. never really gets credit for that. Well, we're giving him credit now. Yeah. Hey, Ozzy, are you listening? He is. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks big time. Uh, Sugar Wookie also says, which player in current team and also all time would you have on your NUFC replica kit? I think it's a question we've asked before. But if you were to... I mean, you... I think I know the answer for you, Paul, because I think you've got one. Or at least you have had one in the past. Oh yeah! Oh, which player I've had on my is your is your all time player still the same? Yeah, No, number thirty four. I know the answer. See if you can get it, Dave. Number thirty four. It's the only name I've ever had on my Newcastle shirt. Number thirty four. It's not Roberto. He was thirty two. Late nineties. King of the diving header. Greek. Dabazas. Of course, yeah. Yeah. It's a sign of my ambition. There can't be many. (laughs) I wonder if anybody in the last five years has had Dabazas put on their Newcastle United shirt. Maybe some of them. If you have, then please get in touch. To text. Well, my mate Ben decided he wanted number 21, Alessandro Pistone. Wow. But he was an exciting signing, at least. You sort of thought, ooh. He had a good touch. Italian left back. He had a good touch. He was um, Italian under-21 captain. He was being talked about in the same breath as... Diego um, Santon. Hugo Villar. Or Davide <laughs> Santon, sorry. <laughs> it's David Rosal. <laughs> um, I would have Beardsley. Beardsley? I'd put wow. seven on the back because he was supposed to get seven off Keegan. Oh, right. oh. I always used to think Asprilia, but yeah. I don't think that looked good on me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Mirandina. <laughs> no. Current team, though, I. Ooh, it's tricky. Current team, I'd go for Dummett. 
Yeah. I like Dummit. I'd like to be the only one with Dummit on his back. That's it. Paul, it's too late, mate. It's the hipster choice to have Dummit now. Well, I guess I'm a hipster. Yeah. Back to Twitter. Bedford Mag said, luckily it wasn't Arsenal as lobbing semen doesn't sound the same. Okay, all right. We'll see what you've done there. Filth. It's just pure filth. Well, it is Natter Nights. It's true. It's after it's dark. Na- it's Natter after Send dark. in more filth. Yeah, let's see. Let's see the filth. This at the end. All the you will have noticed. All the ads on tonight's show are for porn. <laughs> Babe station. Bedford Mag also says, "Oh, and I, I'm literally reading this tweet for the first time. So where this goes, let's hope it's not <laughs> politically incorrect." Here we go, Bedford Mag. Oh, and I used to work in a pizza shop until 3 a.m., so we'd go straight to the ground at 3.30 a.m. to queue up to get tickets when they went on sale at 9 a.m., so I didn't mess out. Great fun indeed with no jacket. I think that refers to an earlier tweet he sent as well. Of, I was going to say. If you go back... One on yeah, there. he asks, um, what's, the weirdest done, what's the weirdest thing you've done for football? Mickey Burns used to live about a mile from where I lived, so I went to his house to get an autograph. I was 10. He wasn't in, so I waited outside in the rain for four hours. Still never came back, so I went home crying. Lol. That's quite intense. That's quite <laughs> intense. I think the weirdest thing I've ever done for football was to fabricate an argument with my then-missus um, so that she'd be in such a bad mood that she didn't care that I didn't come back after the football. Uh, smart. Clever smart. move. I guess the weirdest thing I've ever done for football is um, host this podcast for, <laughs> for a few years with no discernible benefit to my life. Hey. Hey. I didn't know where to finish that. Sorry. Hey. I've made some friends along the way. Yeah. It's been Correct. terrific. I've improved my social skills. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the house. It's true. I think the weirdest thing I've, I've got something to put on my CV. Not the weirdest thing I've done for football, but as a byproduct of Newcastle, I used to regularly have dreams that Kevin Keegan had moved in across the road. <laughs> <laughs> Which, take from that what you will. Uh, Roy Keane moved across the road from my friend's parents in Ipswich. Really? Apparently, uh, really nice. So we're going to wrap up in a second. One more tweet from Philip Huntsman. With our squad learning so much under Rafa, which of the current group would you expect to follow in his footsteps and move into management at the end of their playing careers? It's never the ones you expect that become it good isn't. managers, though, is it? Lee Bowyer's a manager really now. really young. Yeah. yeah. Lee Bowyer's a manager now. I mean, I think Javier Manquillo is going to be a Champions League winning manager. I think we <laughs> Let's all go yeah. with that. Javier Manquillo is our answer. So our next game is against Arsenal. Arsenal. And it's in... Uh, Sunday. You're leaning on the desk, Fergus. That wasn't me, actually. That was our engineer, David. Damn it. Okay. You know, the guy who was handing out accusations earlier on. Turns <laughs> out we're all, we're all liable to make mistakes. So our next game is against Arsenal. It's a Sunday 1.30 kickoff. It's on Sky. We're at home. Dave, what do you reckon the score will be? I think 
they're not going to be... I think we're going to get a, a point. I think it's going to be 1-1. I think we're going to get a point because I think they're going to bottle it when they come face-to-face with Newcastle, Rafa's mags, all the fans celebrating the fact that we're likely staying up. I think it's going to be a cracking atmosphere. I think we're going to scare the shit out of them, and I think we're going to draw 1-1. I mean, that's low ambition, but yeah, 1-1. We're going to... All the fans, cracking atmosphere. We're going to give it to them. One, one. <laughs> Paul? I think we're going to win. Do you? I think we're going to win comfortably. I watched Arsenal against Southampton. And like Southampton were absolute dog shit and still managed to get a few goals. Arsenal looked awful. And they've got their European game after ours. Or is it before? Oh, yeah. So they're... It's only Aubameyang that's not eligible for Europe, so he'll be, he'll be like the main first teamer that's still playing for them. Their defense was awful. Who's their centre back? Who the one with the beard? Chambers. No, the other one. Mustafi. Mustafi. Oh, um, he um, looked absolute shocking. Like I, I think we're going to beat them quite comfortably. I've oh, never felt confident. I've never felt more comfortable going into a game against Arsenal, but they just look weak at the moment well well aware that we have just won three games in a row but every time we all get cocky about what's going to happen in the next game things don't end well good thing is it doesn't matter if we lose now though so we might as well enjoy feeling like we're going to win sure but i reckon we are going to lose i think we're going to lose 2-1 which is what i said ah. for leicester but we ended up winning 2-1 so let's hope the same thing happens Again. But this current Arsenal team, especially a rotated Arsenal team, doesn't look close to the Leicester team we faced at the weekend. Apart from Aubameyang. I see what you're saying. Welbeck had a good game as well against Southampton, but he was allowed to have a good game. I don't think they'll get much joy against our back five, the way it's performing at the minute. Well, I hope you're right, Paul. Wow. So I guess we're going to wrap up there. What's your two? I said two one to Arsenal. Fair enough. That's what I'm going for. I'm sticking with it. Dave, thank you very much for your time. No problem at all. The house has all gone through. Whatever this is. Whatever this is. I don't know, I'm just tired. Paul Well done. (laughs) Thanks. You've been really good. Are we having performance reviews at the end of the pod now? No, yep, you've done really well. You've done really well. I've got areas for improvement. Yeah, I've written down a few areas for improvement. <laughs> we'll go through them during the week. But uh, thank you very much to you, the Newcastle on that and listener. Well done for staying with us for this long through the podcast. <laughs> what a meltdown! This entire pod has been just a meltdown, just a, yeah. just a window into your broken. Soul. I never feel like it's as anywhere near as big a meltdown as you knobs label it. That's part of the problem, I think. May well be, but I'm the one who brings in 500,000 listeners a week. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, Paul. Thank you to the listener. My name is Fergus Craig. Thank you. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. 
the Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.